Hello everybody, in this episode I'm interviewing Shireen. We are discussing the relation between money and mental health, the happiness components of that, and the best practices to stay sane in this world of nowadays. Also obviously lots more covered in terms of financial independence and Shireen's story, so sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. It's great dreaming of all the things you'll be doing once you reach FI, but it feels even better helping others reach their dreams. That's where Kiva comes in. Kiva.org provides an online platform that allows people like us to crowdfund microloans of $25 from the comfort of our laptops. Kiva is a non-profit that helps poor people living in mostly third world countries who don't earn much. Banks would not lend to them, which means they struggle to start and grow their own businesses. My name is Lance and I've been on Kiva since 2008. And last year, I created a team on Kiva called Bring Hope to the World and we're already in the top 2% of all Kiva teams. It would be amazing if you could join our team on Kiva and help us get to the top 1%. Thank you. Also, more information on how to sign up for Kiva, you can find in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today, I've got Shireen with me. Hey, Shireen. Hi, thanks for having me. And I very much hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, you are. <laughs> Sweet. So we, well, we actually met Shireen over email, uh, had a bit of a chat where we could actually run the episode about. And we were just thinking, okay, what matters most in these days? Because we've already had so many episodes on financial planning, taxes, how to make more money, all good and nice. But in the end, staying the course, staying happy, keeping your mindset strong. That's where it's all about. And obviously... Uh, if we can tie it in nicely with Shireen's story, uh, I think we're going to have a great episode. But just to get it started, Shireen, could you maybe give the audience a quick elevator pitch of who you are about, where you're from, uh, you know, what do you do? Yeah, all right. So I am a coach. I, I do mostly empowerment coaching, and I now focus mostly on women. But honey, I'm here for you, Okay. <laughs> Even if you're not a woman today, I still got your back. So, you know, I mostly focus on empowerment and the way this crazy story started is that I, you know, my mom immigrated to America from Egypt. And when you are the firstborn in America, the old school programming of your immigrant parents still stands. And so she very much expected me to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer and if I wasn't those things, then I would be a loser. <laughs> I think it's just that's just the Egyptian mentality. And so I knew very early on, I need to check this box. I need to be what they want me to be in order to be accepted in my family and in my community. And so the truth is, I've always been kind of a creative type, a very sort of inspired, artsy, wild soul. And so the idea of being an engineer just made me literally want to die. <laughs> so I went to college because I was supposed to and you know I didn't major in engineering I wanted to major in maybe philosophy or dance or something that really made my soul light up Um, but I did not have the courage to do that and so I ended up majoring in communications because I was like well 
I'm moderately interested in this and in my mom won't be ashamed of me as a broke artist. So I might as well do this. And so I did that. And so I checked the box. I went to college and I got the job and I own a home. And I remember just being like about 25 and feeling completely and totally disenchanted with my own life and completely and totally unhappy. And thinking why, I mean, I did everything my mom wanted me to do. I thought that I would then be happy at the end of that rule book, but I followed all her rules and I'm definitely not happy. And so that began my journey of, okay, well, what will make me happy? And how do I need to change my life so that I actually like what it looks like? And so luckily I had a friend who nagged me to go to a personal development seminar And at this seminar, I really learned how much I had deferred my personal power and I had deferred the control over my life to what my mommy wanted for me. You know, I was kind of following her rule book. And so at this seminar, I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore, that I was finally going to take control of my life and my path and my happiness, and that I would start to follow my own rule book. And so the first thing I did was I quit a master's degree. And I started doing stand-up comedy. And so that was like my beginning of, you know, kind of just saying, screw it with everyone else's rules and expectations and finally honoring my own creativity. And that led me down this ridiculously wild road where, you know, I ended up choosing out of comedy and choosing into coaching because coaching really revolutionized my life. It really helped me go from being this person who wore this mask and was just trying to be what everyone wanted them to be, and I was clearly unhappy, to being a person who was really happy and really loved my life and really felt fulfilled by the work I was doing. And that made all the difference. And so coaching won my heart. And I have been a coach ever since. And I've now sort of strategically found ways to bring my inner comedian into coaching. So I host a podcast and I facilitate groups more than I do one-on-one and all those kinds of things, which we can talk about later. But that's kind of how the whole journey began. Well, um, the bit where you also mentioned, you know, 25 unhappy, and then suddenly from there jumping to crazy entrepreneurial happy life, that process, <laughs> how, um, because obviously that's, it's a gradual process. How, like you came to the realization, okay, I need something else. I need something different. How like from basically being unhappy to being happy, like was it something that really happened over the scope of say two, three months or was it just like a, a slow, gradual process with ups and downs and, or was it like you found your calling and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm ready to go, this is it? It was a ridiculously slow process, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was painfully slow. No, I'm just kidding. You know, the truth is I would say, you know, from, I would say from 25 to 35, it was like a decade of revolutionizing my life. First, from first unsubscribing from being a people pleaser who, who tried to be what other people wanted, right? So that was the first mm-hmm. sort of inner transformation I needed to make. Second, understanding I'm not an employee, I am an entrepreneur. So that was like the next transformation I needed to make. And then third, being a wife and a mother. So, you know, in there somewhere, I got married and I had a couple of kids realizing, oh, I don't want to be this martyr mother archetype that. Uh, America really celebrates. I am not interested. I want to have an adventurous life. I want to still feel alive in my life. I want to still have a social life. I, all the things. And so there were sort of like three large transformations in there that needed to happen before I truly found happiness. And one of the biggest ones would be, I would say, healing from codependency, really letting go of making other people happy over my own happiness. 
And then in there, I realized, oh, there's actually a science to happiness. So, so towards the end there, like after the motherhood piece, I started to really study positive psychology. So my coaching even really took a shift. I think, you know, my coaching prior to this point was really like success driven and, you know, make money in your sleep, right? Like all those kinds of things that you hear people selling, which is really enticing. Are you kidding? Yes. I want to make money in my sleep and realizing I have a really good life now. Like I'm married. I have two kids. I live by the beach. I have this passion-based business. I'm self-employed. Like why am I not happy? And so I started actually just to study happiness in and of itself. So I got certified in positive psychology. I took a course through Yale on Coursera. That's just about the science of well-being. Um, you know, if you go to my website, awakenthereble.com, I offer a happiness cheat sheet because what I learned was that there were just a lot of mindset shifts I needed to make to be happy. I needed to stop thinking, if I'm successful, I'll be happy. I needed to just allow myself to be happy while I was sort of going after my success. And so there was just a few interchanges that needed to happen, even in discovering I'm creative, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to be, you know, this rebel mom. Okay, well, also, can I also just be content sometimes? Like sometimes it doesn't need to be about money or freedom or empowerment. Sometimes you actually just need to make the choice in and of yourself to be happy. So that was kind of the end there. That was like the biggest one I feel that really sort of changed the philosophy, not only in my life, but also the way I coach my clients as well. What kind of questions did you ask yourself to get through that point? Because when you ask, now everybody asks themselves, okay, why am I not happy? We all have these amazing, now pretty decent lives, middle-class, nice house, uh, going for dinner, yay, all good and nice. I think <laughs> 90% of the uh, people listening to this podcast, they're in that position, but loads will have the times where like, okay, why am I not happy? Why is this 100k job not actually getting it done for me? I mean, mm. I definitely ask myself that question. Sometimes like, oh man, or if I just get X, Y, Z, I will be happier. But I think figuring out which questions you need to ask yourself to get transformations like that going mm-hmm. is extremely difficult. Well, I think the main thing, the, the simplest mm. thing I can say is that The human brain is wired for survival. It's not wired for happiness. So your brain is constantly trying to help you be more, make more, have more. Like social comparison drives people crazy. There is um, studies that have shown that if I am making 50K at my job, uh, no, no, sorry. I would rather make 50K at my job knowing that my peers make about the same to do the same job, then the, so the other option would be, okay, you can make 100K doing the same exact work, but your peers make 200K. So studies and research has shown, the data shows that people would literally rather make 50K and know that they're on par with their peers than make double and know that they are below their peers. And so social comparison is um, a huge happiness killer. And we live in this social media age where social comparison now isn't just with our peers and the people that are in our immediate environment. It is now with Kim Kardashian and Jennifer Lopez and, you know, every famous celebrity out there, we see their life and we, without knowing it, are unconsciously comparing ourselves. Um, There's literally statistics like for every hour of TV that you watch, 
you are likely to spend $4 more at the store to keep up with the Joneses just to like try to feel like you're on par. So we are kind of inundated with information that heightens the social comparison that makes us feel less happy, that makes us feel like it's not enough. We have hedonic adaptation running in the background. So like, let's say you want a really cool job, you get it, a month or two or three goes by. That happiness hit is gone now. Now your cool job is just normal to you and you need something else. And so we are naturally wired to be like on this hedonic adaptation treadmill, like trying to constantly chase happiness. And I think that the, the, the question you need to ask yourself is, do I constantly want to defer my happiness into the future? Or would I rather just actually enjoy happiness now? And then one thing I, that comes up straight away for me, choice stress. Having to make so, because if I look what I do on a daily basis, the hundreds of choices I'm making, maybe ones I don't even make, certainly just for myself, but either to please others or just because they are convenient, socially speaking, mm-hmm. that's causing so much energy. That's so true. And you know, this is kind of like my own little philosophy. Deepak Chopra has the law of Dharma. And Basically, I'm going to butcher it here, but essentially what he says is that when you are using your unique skills and talents to be a service to the world, then you will inevitably have bliss and abundance. And I think that stress is from what you're saying, right? Like too many decisions to make, too much to do, like an actual, you actually just are overwhelmed. So I think that is 100% true. And then I also think there's this other side of it where we are doing work that does not give us life. So you're clocking in and you're getting a paycheck. You know, it certainly gives you money to live your life and that's great, but it's not giving you life. And this ultimately is the reason I went from doing comedy to doing coaching. I got so lit up. Every time I would help someone live a more authentic life, I got so inspired. Every time I would hear that someone was happier as a result of a conversation I had with them that I just was like, screw comedy. I do not care about being funny. I just want to help people really feel fulfilled. And so now when I work, I certainly get the paycheck, right? Like I get money and I get energy. And so it's like a much more sustainable model of living. And I think that that is something that we oftentimes miss, right? Like we just, you know, like we just do our job and we get the paycheck and we move on and we wonder why we're so stressed. Part of the reason we're so stressed is because it's a drain. The job is actually draining and it's not giving us back that energy or that inspiration that we need to feel excited about life, to feel like we're going to keep going. There is 120,000 preventable deaths in America a year, all due to stress. And I think that if people were living a more sustainable model, then that would not be the case. So, you know, it's definitely something that is a chronic issue. 100%. Do you think it's damaging what many people in the fight community are trying to do? Push themselves into like pretty crazy, stressful jobs, work 60 hours a week, you know, to either, you know, get retirement done and saved in 10, 15 years instead of the usual mm. 40 to 50. Um, I mean, to many, it sounds like an insane plan. To many in the movement, it's like, it's the holy grail, go for it. It's the best thing to mm-hmm. do um, to basically push yourself through a meat grinder and just get it done the quickest mm-hmm. way possible. But one thing I do, or a trend I notice, like with many, many people I meet who either you know, get to fight straight away or in the process, they get depressed. But I get very, yeah. very tired. 
And it sometimes also makes me think, is it really worth it? It's like the mm-hmm. mental damage you're doing to yourself by pushing yourself so hard. Mm-hmm. That's use. a really good yeah. question. And I think I definitely can't give a cookie cutter answer because for one person, like you said, they might be putting themselves through the grinder and feeling depressed, right? So for that person, I would say they need to slow down. Clearly what they're doing is actually self-harming. So while they have a goal in mind and it's an honorable goal and I'm excited for them and I want them to have that, they also need to ask themselves, how can I be happy now while I'm going after that? How can I honor my needs now while I'm trying to plan for my future needs, right? So it needs they need some balance. But there might be another person who's going after that goal and they want to be retired in 15 years and they're happy. And so for them, I would say, you're doing great. Go after it. Keep going. I just think everyone needs to tune in to their actual feelings, to their happiness, because our emotions are really flags for us. Our emotions are just um, like your radar going off. Like, If you feel great and energized and happy, then that's a green light and you should keep going. And if you feel burnt out and depressed, then that's a red light and you should stop and reevaluate what you're doing. If you feel neutral, right? Like maybe you're okay and everything's going okay. Maybe you're lacking inspiration, but you're not like killing yourself over it. You're okay. You might want to insert a little joy there. So I feel like everyone is on their own they're on a different place on the pendulum of happiness to like maybe burnt out and depressed. So I guess I would ask you because you're probably a lot more in tune with your listeners. Do you feel like people who listen to this FI podcast are tend to be burnt out or do you feel like they're actually pretty motivated and excited about what's going on? Very wide range as usual in society. I mean, absolutely. Five people are extremely passionate. Um, and lots of them are extremely high performers in either mm-hmm. IT, finance, most common. So no, I wouldn't say most people are depressed in the five movement, but I do think a lot of them you now go through highs and lows and, uh, you know, they perform very highly, but they're also exposed to a lot of stress yeah. and they try to do things that society doesn't want them to do. It, society doesn't want you to retire at 35 and pay no more taxes and go, <laughs> traveling, right. go t- traveling around the world and go to Thailand and live on a grand a month. They don't want you to do that. It's not yeah. how the world is supposed to work, well, according to our governments. So definitely, just by definition, if you try to do that, you will be exposed to more stress um, you know, than the average person. But on top of that, being a high performer and you know, working in high-paying industries, I think you know, we are exposed to far more than the average person. And we've got to be aware of that. At the same mm-hmm. time, we can weapon ourselves better and hopefully also you know, become happier and it's not about, you know, the average person or, you know, it's about us, how we feel, if it makes us happy or not, because yeah. that's the question we got to ask. But nah, I definitely wouldn't say most people in the five move not depressed, but I do think we're exposed to more risk of it. And yeah. we should be more aware and try to ask, because the questions you're mentioning, ask yourself, you know, is this the right thing? This is make me happy. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a difficult one. Even like, even if you just ask yourself that every week or month, I definitely forget that. Uh, like I'd always mm-hmm. try to stick to these like mental guru trends of like, oh, uh, start in the morning with today's going to be the best day ever and bits like that. Mm-hmm. Try those things, but, or like journaling, but it's so hard to stick to those habits to stay mm. in tune with your own mental wellness and to keep checking in. It's so easy to forget. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so I'm going to give you some tips, all right? So so like I said, I have my little happiness cheat sheet on my website, um, but I'm going to tell you some of them now because the truth is I 
honor that ambition for your five people. You've got to have that. You've got to have something you're going after. Like life is boring, right? If you're not going after something, honestly, I would be really bored if I wasn't sort of expressing my ambition in the world and going after my goals. There's just something about that that makes life feel like you feel more alive, right? So I think that's beautiful. And while you're going after it, you want to make sure you don't burn out. You know, you don't want to make sure you don't kill yourself over. You want to make sure you can still enjoy your life in the process. And so, so these are the research-based things that actually make people uh, have a bump in happiness and well-being. So the first one is savoring. Uh, savoring is like slowing down and enjoying the moment. It's like that saying, uh, "Stop and smell the roses." So savoring would be you know, instead of rushing through life, instead of going through the motions like a drone, you are actually slowing down and you are really taking it in. So one example for me, when I was taking my little course at Yale, they said like, we want you to practice savoring this week. And I remember thinking it was really cheesy and that I was like, oh God, okay, I'll try. (laughs) Whatever. Um, And, you know, that night, me and my husband were singing our little cute lullaby that we sing to my daughter every night before she goes to sleep. And normally it's the end of the day and I'm freaking tired and I like, can't wait till it's over because I just want to go like chill out on the couch and like finally have a moment alone, you know? But on this day, I decided, oh yeah, I'm going to try that savoring thing. And so I looked at my husband and I was like soaking in this moment of sweetness where I really savored the fact that it was so sweet that this father was singing in his, albeit totally uh, off-key voice, <laughs> to his daughter. But I really soaked that in. I was like, wow, this is actually so sweet. And I, in this moment, teared up with this feeling of love and warmth. Normally at night, I sort of blaze through this moment and we just do our routine and it's great, but I don't tear up with warmth. And so savoring is almost like you're like, sucking the marrow out of life. Like you're squeezing the juice out of the orange. You are really fully experiencing moments in your life. And so this doesn't actually take time. So for the people who are saying like, I'm so busy, I don't have time to insert happiness into my life. (laughs) I'm here to tell you, it might not take that much extra time. It's just you having a higher level of commitment to your own personal happiness day by day, moment by moment. So savoring is the first one. The second one is gratitude. So this could be, like you said, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're grateful for stuff, or maybe you end at night and you just have a gratitude journal on your bedstand and you write like three things you're grateful for. But gratitude really can shift your mentality. It can make you feel um, let lower levels of stress and higher levels of, you know, boost your immune system. It can do so much for your physiology and that's all research-based. The third thing is connection. And when I say connection, I don't mean with like an intimate partner or best friend. This could literally be at the coffee shop down the street. If you just chat with someone in line, people get a boost of happiness. People get a boost of well-being when they connect with human beings in real life. I know we're all in quarantine. <laughs> But, you know, somehow find someone to chat with because it'll make a difference. Uh, The next one is acts of kindness. And so this could be like once a week, once a month. But basically, you know, if you're someone who is really making a difference in your life financially, I don't, you know, you could find a way to donate to charity or you could find a way to donate your time. That also actually might be harder during quarantine because people aren't doing many in real life events. 
but acts of kindness make a big difference. You could buy a breakfast burrito and give it to a homeless person on the street. And it can be totally selfish because what it's going to end up doing is making you feel happier. Um, And then the other two are exercise and sleep. I think these are kind of obvious, but you know, People neglect sleep a lot and they think it's like a badge of honor and they're working so hard and it's wonderful. No, no, it's not wonderful. It's actually making you depressed. (laughs) It's actually harming your immune system. It's not healthy to lack sleep. So definitely give yourself the sleep you need and try to get uh, 30 minutes of exercise a day. Anything that increases your heart rate, it actually doesn't matter what kind of exercise. You could literally just be walking, but just something that increases your heart rate. Uh, Meditation is the next one. It's known to reduce stress, boost your immune system, all the things we need right now. And it really doesn't have to take that long. You could try like five minutes a day or something. And then, um, and in my little cheat sheet, I actually have links to two. I have links to one that's just like a five minute one. That's easy peasy. And then I have a link to a 15 minute one that I'm obsessed with. It's actually a song. So it's not any singing, but it's just instrumental. And like, I have no idea why I'm, I can meditate way better to instrumental music than I can to someone like telling me to breathe in and breathe out. So whatever floats your boat, um, but meditation makes a big difference. And then the last one, which actually kind of flows into what I do for work is to utilize your strength. So in this cheat sheet, there is a link to a quiz where you can take this quiz and it'll tell you like, here are your top, you know, seven strengths. So the research says, if you are using four of your top strengths in your career, then you are more likely to feel like it has more meaning and fulfillment and you are more likely to see it as a higher calling rather than just a job. And that also um, has been known to increase people's happiness. So for me, when I take this quiz, my top strength is humor, right? That's the comedian part of me that was once this like crazy girl trying to make people laugh. I use that every day with my clients, on my podcast, who knows? Maybe I've used it with with you right now. Um, But then my second uh, strength is perspective. And that's the coach, right? The part of me that has wisdom to offer, the part of me that wants to help people have perspective about their lives and increase their own well-being. And so, yeah. So for you guys definitely listening, grab the cheat sheet, take the quiz and see, you know, what strengths am I using in my everyday life? Because whether it's a business or I'm an employee or whatever, As long as you're using four out of your seven top strengths, it'll be a much more fulfilling experience. Shereen, love your energy. It's... (laughs) Uh, So one thing, uh, you know, what reminds me straight away of the giving bit you were mentioning, uh, that's something I think people find sometimes very difficult. The five movement, especially giving out large amounts or Mm -hmm. giving out lots of time um, because we know humans are selfish beings and (laughs) no, but it's um, like my personal example is giving to local food banks. So I always used to be a volunteer back in my home country in the Netherlands. haven't done anything with it for years, but recently uh, last week came by a Reddit post, somebody saying, Hey guys, just please donate something, you know, in these times to your local food bank, help them out. Even if it's just a hundred pounds or a hundred euro or dollar or whatever, for something small, help them out. It makes an enormous difference. So, I made a small donation and I set up a monthly um, amount, you know, 25 quid a month to just keep that rolling um, going forward. And it's the, the, the feeling is very hard to describe because, you know, obviously I don't see anything physically happening from that straight away. I just send money to an account and yay, let's see what happens. But when I was done, I was like, yay, 
I wrote in this group where other people were like saying, oh, I, I just own it. Yeah, I don't it, X, Y, Z. Um, guys, keep going. And I didn't really think about it. And the morning afterwards, I was like, hey, I actually really like this because this is a, a cause that's very close to my heart and I really like supporting it. Mm. But it took a second to kind of like realize, okay, this is what it means emotionally speaking. I guess setting up the action was just getting things in motion and it took just a second to realize, hey, cool. Heck yeah. Let's keep this going. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a good story. Hopefully mm-hmm. your five people will uh, take a page out of your book because it <laughs> does. I, I mean, like you mm-hmm. said, pe- humans are selfish, right? We all are. And now we know that it'll really be for us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and, and at times if you're playing around with hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars or euros move them around it's so easy money just becomes a number it's just this thing Mm -hmm. you don't feel it anymore and then for us we might have plenty uh but the meaning of a little bit to somebody in need can just be insane Mm -hmm. uh i will not forget the times as a student living on 400 euro a month and not necessarily by choice i could have afforded more and buying crappy food just to keep now things Low and lived in a house with 11 people in one shower. Well, everybody knows how that goes together. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, it was a cheap room, but hey, learned from that. I very quickly moved in with my girlfriend afterwards. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> yes. Uh, and question for yourself, like in terms of kind of like practical ways of applying this, because the bits of slowing down and really just trying to be in a moment uh, I mean, in terms I always hear coming by mindfulness and so forth. Uh, what is the most practical way you've pe- seen people using it? Is it like when they drive to work or when they go for a walk? Like when mm. would be like for most people when they think about their day, what would be a good moment to pick to start with? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. You know, um, a few ways to savor effectively. You can share the experience with a friend, tell them about it. Uh, you can, like you said, just be mindful in the moment and think about how blessed you are to be having this lovely experience. You can take a mental picture of it, or you can take an actual photograph of it. Um, and you can just choose to sort of be present in that moment. What you don't want to do is focus on the negative details, right? Like instead of saying like, oh my gosh, it's such a cold day outside, boo, you could say, wow, it's cold outside and I'm so grateful for this warm house that I live in. You know, there's just um, a way that you can choose to be present where you are and be grateful where you are. And you definitely don't want to rush and go through the motions. I feel like savoring and gratitude are really... um, tips or tricks or hacks or whatever you want to call them. But ultimately what they're trying to do is help you enjoy the moments of your life. You know, I think for everyone listening, you know, we all have big goals of like how early we want to retire or how wealthy we want to be, or, you know, what kind of lifestyle we want to live. But when you really think about it, what you don't want to do is create misery in this moment so that you can be happy in a later moment. It just doesn't make sense. It's, it's completely counterproductive to what you're actually going after. What you're actually going after is happiness. Because in your mind, you're like, once I have financial freedom, I will be happy, right? So yes, that is true. It will be amazing. And you can also be happy right now. 
you can also be happy today. It doesn't have to be something far out there that you are deferring into the future like a hamster on a wheel chasing a carrot and you're just constantly going to chase because the carrot's constantly out in front of you. No, you can choose to take a bite of the carrot today. And it doesn't have to take a chunk out of your savings account. It could just be through these tips that I've shared, you know, just moments like where you just choose to enjoy your life versus always being about the to-do list or about the next thing. So it's really just a mindset shift is what it is. Fair enough. Live a life of abundance. And oh, and what I find interesting about this, because it's basically a journey I've gone through myself over the last four or five years. And if we're just purely talking about a relation to money, learning how to spend, learning how to enjoy life and get the things you want. And mm-hmm. money is not necessarily money related. And going for a run through the forest or swim or whatever doesn't have to cost much. But being able to at least allow yourself, and I think that's key, allowing yourself to spend on the things you want to have. That especially for me made a massive difference. And just a dinner here and there or living in a nicer apartment and uh, fortunately no longer living in a crappy student room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, but it's those things uh, that help insanely. And like I live in one of, I mean, you will probably know the, look, in town, I live in the city center of Edinburgh and Scotland in a pretty high-class neighborhood, which I would in the past have considered, oh, why would you waste so much money on rent? But surroundings matter so much. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, having awesome stores around me, uh, cool people, and it's very safe. There's a lot of green. Um, mm-hmm. Those bits compared to, yeah, could have rented something or bought something in a crappy or cheaper neighborhood. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's wise. I think it's better to spend a bit more and actually get an awesome mm-hmm. place to live. But that's, I mean, especially for younger me, but I think for many, you know, it's always something people say, oh, yeah, go and just live outside of town or find a cheaper place to live. But should we really, should we just live where we are happiest? Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think environment is so important in us feeling how we want to feel in our lives day by day moment by moment. And I think that's beautiful that for you, that was the right choice. And for someone else who's listening to this podcast, they might be like, no, I wouldn't do that. And that's fine too. They just need to think about what do they want to do? What will make them happier? And um, ultimately, I think what I want to, how I want to support your community is to put an emphasis or an invitation on a higher level of happiness in their lives, whatever that looks like for them. They might be you know, at a level, like on a scale of one to 10, they may already be at an eight. And so I would ask that person, okay, great. What would bump your happiness up to a nine? Just a little bit, just a little bit more joy and enjoyment and fulfillment out of this life today, not tomorrow, not 20 years from now, today. You know, or for someone who's at like a four or a five, I would say, okay, we really need to put more emphasis on happiness in your life. It's not just a little bit, it's a lot. Because when you're at a four, you're like borderline down and depressed. (laughs) So let's really put a bigger emphasis on it for that person. So, you know, as always, I say nothing's ever really a cookie cutter approach. Coaching is very custom and unique to whoever I'm actually talking to. But for your listener, they just need to do the do-it-yourself work of sort of tuning into themselves and figuring out like, where am I at on this scale of one to 10? And what do I need to do to bump it up maybe one or two notches? Uh, Fair enough. And obviously you cannot answer every question on a 45-minute interview, but just having the conversation and asking yourself the questions, allowing yourself to think about this and 
taking a moment. I mean, that's the whole goal behind this episode, informing, inspiring, and, you know, getting people to action and check out your cheat sheet, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> kind of just going for that. Uh, one other practical question, meditation. So everybody has heard of Headspace and Calm and all the other comparable apps. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything particular you use for meditation that, you know, you're like, okay, guys, please go and check this out. They, these people are awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried Headspace and I like that app, but to be honest, that 15 minute link to a YouTube, the, the instrumental that I mentioned, that is my favorite. That is the one I use nearly every day, actually. I'm, I'm not much of a meditator, to be honest. I have always been kind of, you know, kind of busybody energy. You know, if anything, I like to go for a walk because it's more like a moving meditation. I'm not a person who can just like sit down and breathe. <laughs> it's just not my uh, style. However, this instrumental works for me. It just, it is very soothing. And I can, I can feel that I get into a medita- meditative state very quickly when I listen to it. So that's the one that I would recommend. Heck yeah. And if I could add one personal one, this is obviously very personal to me, but over ear headphones uh, as a way to just completely get rid of the whole world and disappear and go for a walk. Nothing works better. No, noise cancellation on um Nothing works better than that. <laughs> I love that idea. Heck yes. Cancel all the noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. So I think obviously, you know, by opening this conversation and the, the questions we discussed earlier, if we, you know, anybody who listens to this ask themselves those questions, okay, and try to get a conversation going with a partner, with a friend. And one thing I also would say, there is no shame in sometimes going for therapy or having a chat with a coach. Um, mm-hmm. Or even just every three to six months having life. There's a reason why life coaching is booming. Um, <laughs> that life is freaking difficult. Yeah. And being, I mean, I've personally done it and it massively just helps getting somebody to talk you through, okay, these are the choices you've got and this sounds stupid or this sounds amazing. It's not about that, but it's sometimes so difficult to kind of like understand of your own life, what's happening to it. And you need this mm-hmm. other pair of eyes to have a thing with you. Somebody who's not your partner or not your family or some these like not sitting with you every day and like, oh, why are you not doing this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, co- I think therapy focuses on the past and why and coaching focuses on the future and like the how, like how can you get to where you want to go? And so definitely different. You know, for me, honestly, I just want to support people in following their North Star, you know, whatever that is for them. And sometimes for people it is, you know, money or a relationship, or sometimes for people it is becoming an entrepreneur and doing a passion-based business. I really never actually care what it is. I know some coaches say like, I only coach entrepreneurs or I only coach, you know, high-performing professionals. I literally don't care. I, what I want is to support people in answering the call of their soul. And oftentimes the easiest way to learn, like, what does your soul really want is kind of just by following what makes you happy. So, you know, that's my jam. Coaching is same as you. It has actually revolutionized my life. It's been so wonderful. I really love how you say therapy is for the best. Coaching is for the future. I've not heard a phrase like that before, but it's absolutely true. And Oh man. So, you know, obviously with all these wisdoms in mind now, um, if anybody, you know, kind of like would would love some coaching for you, what is the 
right kind of person because she said she mainly now work with women, but can mm-hmm. men also reach out? Yes, men can reach out and we would probably do one-on-one coaching. Um, I do have a mastermind program and it's mostly for women. If a man really wanted to join, I would certainly be open to that. <laughs> But it's called the Revolutionary Woman Mastermind. And so it's mostly women in there. Um, And that program is where I do a hybrid coaching. And then there's a community and then there's courses. And so I've just kind of put everything that I've learned, every course I've created into the back end of the membership site. There is a community where we connect via Facebook. And then there's two calls a week where I do coach call on Tuesday and a mastermind call on Thursday. So the high level of support, a lot of community and um, trainings if, if needed. So that's my main offering is the Revolutionary Woman Mastermind. And if there's any men who want to reach out 100%, they can email me at shereen at awakentherebel.com and let me know and we can talk about one-on-one. Excellent. And we'll definitely also link to those in the show notes so everybody can reach out because probably best conversation I've had with yourself in days it's <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Thank yes. you. No, it is exciting. So I know Shireen, thank you so much for coming on and giving everybody your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Hey Matthias, do you think there are not enough financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddits, in Facebook groups, the Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project, to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.